Thanks for listening to the Inner Life Podcast. Be sure to join us every weekday at 11 a.m. Central on Relevant Radio or on the Relevant Radio app. Find your local Relevant Radio station at RelevantRadio.com or stream us live every day on the Relevant Radio app. It's time to set out on the pathway to healing and light. This is the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. If you have questions or concerns about your faith journey, if you are struggling or searching for something more, if you are in need of some spiritual direction, our Catholic priests are here to help. One heart at a time. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. Welcome to the Inner Life on Relevant Radio. This journey of our Catholic faith, it was never meant to be made alone. Our Lord is always with us to guide and strengthen us along the way. And that's a task he often accomplishes actually through us. And that's what the inner life is all about, receiving and giving a bit of guidance and strength for the ongoing adventurous journey of faith. My name is Patrick Conley, sitting in for Josh Raymond today. You may hear me from time to time here on The Inner Life or helping out with the morning news, but I regularly host a weekly talk show for the Archdiocese of St. Paul in Minneapolis that airs each weekend in the Twin Cities on Relevant Radio 1330 AM. If you'd like to give the show a listen, head over to practicingcatholicshow.com for archived shows, podcasted interviews, and links to our social media. So when was the last time you faced a sizable decision? Maybe you're facing one right now. How did you make that decision? What led you to decide in the way that you did? What are good practices for making a decision that's in accord with the calling and the mission that God has given you? If these questions are sparking some intrigue, you'll want to stick around as today here on The Inner Life, we're going to be talking about discernment and specifically the spiritual exercises and discernment of spirits given to Holy Mother Church by St. Ignatius of Loyola. Here to guide our discussion and offering some wisdom in response to your questions is our spiritual director for the hour, Father Chris Walsh, who is the pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia. Father Chris, welcome. Good to be with you. Thank you so much, Patrick. Always a joy to be with uh, relevant radio listeners and and, and to uh, walk this beautiful journey of faith, especially for this wonderful topic. Absolutely. So start us off, for those who may not be familiar with St. Ignatius, who was he? Who was St. Ignatius, and why is he significant for the spiritual life? Yeah, I guess the simple answer is he's the founder of the the Jesuits, the Society of Jesus. Uh, Unlike uh, the Franciscans and the Dominicans, the the Jesuits are not known as the Ignatians, although his spirituality uh, is. Ignatius was a a Spaniard from the Basque region of of Spain, um, from a rather well-off family, and he um, was a soldier and had an experience that I hope none of your listeners ever have, which was while he was fighting in battle, he got hit in the leg with a cannonball and uh, kind of ruins your day. He ended up uh, having his leg set as best he could and, 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 and recuperated at his sister's house. And uh, while he was recuperating, he read pretty much every book she had in the house. Pretty learned guy, um, read the novels. This is in the 1500s. So the Reformation is raging in other parts of Europe. Spain was pretty solidly Catholic. Um, but unfortunately, when the leg was set, and again, this is pretty primitive medicine, uh, the leg was still crooked. And Ignatius, quite filled with himself and worldly pride and, and vanity, 
said, well, if I walk into a, a dance, you know, wearing the, the pants of the day, women will see that my leg is crooked and no one will want to dance with me. Mm. And out of that pride and that vanity, he had his leg rebroken, <laughs> pre-anesthesia. Pre so now he's got another long uh, recovery. And while he's recovering, he's run out of all the novels and war stories to read. So his sister says, look, you got the Bible and you got the lives of the saints. He wasn't terribly interested, but he was so bored, he figured, okay. Ignatius did something which uh, is essential for us if we're going to be mature Christians. He began to pay attention to what was happening in his mind and heart. And as he read the lives of the saints and imagined their lives, um, he, he began to notice a draw, uh, an attraction, which was different than the draw of the worldly heroes of war, uh, the knights who had conquered ancient cities. And he began to pay attention to this idea of the way he was feeling as he thought about the things of God versus the things of the world. It was there on his recovery bed, which he was imposed on himself by his vanity, that uh, that the discernment of spirits began to develop. And so Ignatius starts saying, wow, uh, I really want to serve Christ. I'm no longer interested in fighting for the king. I want to fight for the king of kings. And presents himself, his initial idea is that he's going to be ordained in Rome and uh, and then be sent by the Pope himself to go to the Holy Land and live out his life as a missionary uh, in, in, in what is you know Jerusalem. He never makes it. Never, ever makes it. Uh, the closest thing is that he gets ordained in St. Mary Major, where they believe the uh, crib of, of the child Jesus is. Uh, so that was his one connection. But he had some from, some friends um, who, who, who shared his passion for the Lord, and, and eventually they band together and, and form what is, becomes known as the Society of Jesus, or, or the Jesuits, uh, Francis Zader, Xavier, Peter Faber, some other amazing saints. And they come up with the rules uh, for the Society of Jesus, as well as Ignatius gives himself and spends most of his life in a, in a small room, which you could visit now, uh, down the street from the Vatican in Rome, uh, next to the Church of St. Ignatius, where his body is, uh, where he wrote out the spiritual exercises and began the foundation uh, for this great spiritual process of discernment. Wow. What a great summary. I think I'm just going to uh, listen to that. Uh, yeah, every every maybe every feast day of St. Ignatius or something like that. That's a, that's a great summary, Father. Thank you so much for that. Now, as we're, as we're, that's a great history, but of course, um, the Lord doesn't do things in history without uh, seeking them to be lived out and played out um, in all of salvation history, right? And so there are some things that was given, the things that were given to St. Ignatius that are very much useful to us today and very helpful mm -hmm. in guiding us. And one of those is uh, discernment of spirits. When we talk about discernment of spirits in the Ignatian way, what are we talking about there, Father? Great, great question. So to discern is, is literally, you know, from the original languages of Latin, um, to sift through. So I've got a couple options, and I need to discern, you know, which one God wants for me. Now, it's important that we note that we never discern between good and evil, because as Christians, we can never choose evil. We only choose that which is good. So I'm not discerning, you know, should I live a life as a bank robber or should I become, you know, a teacher? Well, no, I, can't, I can never make the choice to be a bank robber. That's an evil choice. I can't choose that which is evil. And so that's off the table. I have to discern between good things. So I feel called to serve others. Should I serve by volunteering to be a catechist in my parish or should I serve as being a coach for my child's soccer team? 
should I serve by visiting the poor? you know, and, and serving in a soup kitchen, or should I volunteer at the local nursing home? Is God calling me to the married life? Is God calling me to religious life? Um, is this person the one that God wants me to marry, or, or is there another one? Um, should I give myself more generously to my company so that I could, you know, uh, make more money that sort of provides for my family so that my spouse maybe can stay home with our kids? Um, or should I, uh, should we be content with a more simple life? Those types of choices, uh, which are good, and so discernment of spirits is, is, is where is the Spirit of God working, but also paying attention. Ignatius was very attuned, which is why Pope Francis, trained as a Jesuit, talks about the devil so much. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the devil was very much uh, part of the, this battle of the spiritual exercises, because we need to pay attention, because while there's a Spirit of God that's at work, there is who Ignatius calls the evil one, the enemy. Who is always lurking, um, and so in Ignatius's rule for the discernment of spirits, which is found at the back of the spiritual exercises, one of the things he talks about is is false consolation, or a false spirit who is lying to us. Right. So someone someone will say, "Well, I thought about this, and I really think that you know God wants me to do this." Well, how do we know it's from God? And and that's what makes discernment very difficult for people, Patrick. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think that that's that's just it. Is that uh, oftentimes it seems like that there's something that's, and maybe it may seem obvious or it may seem like this is this is clearly the way. But then uh, perhaps you make that decision and start down that road and realize that oh no, I've I've uh, I've not gone the the correct way here as well. We're speaking with Father Chris Walsh, who's our uh, spiritual director here today on The Inner Life, and we're learning about St. Ignatius of Loyola, his spiritual exercises, and his discernment of spirits. When was the last time you had a decision to make, or how did you go about making that decision? What are some moments in your life that required some serious discernment, things like your vocation, your calling, your job, or maybe a change in profession? Uh, marriage or single life? Uh, how about a purchase of a major a major item like a house or a car? How did you come to that decision? We'd love to hear from you in the inner life today. Our phone number here is 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Or you can send us an email, innerlife at relevantradio.com. You've also mentioned, Father, the spiritual exercises, and I suppose we should give a definition for what we're talking about there as well. What are Ignatius' Ignatius's spiritual exercises? So in its purest form, the uh, spiritual exercises would be a 30-day retreat. So a person would go to a retreat house, and they would spend just about all 30 days. Uh, There's usually two days off or days of repose where the person would uh, spend vast majority of their day in quiet. They might gather with a community for morning prayer, evening prayer, and mass. But other than that, they're in silence, uh, with the exception of meeting with a spiritual director each day. So someone who has been trained in giving the spiritual exercises. And the the director really becomes a, a tour guide, because Ignatius spells out, this is what happens in the first week, this is what happens in the second week, this is what happens in the third week, this is what happens in the fourth week. And sort of it's, it's a praying through the life of Christ. For the Jesuits and many other religious communities, uh, they make the 30-day retreat before they make vows, uh, a significant life choice. And, and then there's adaptations of the spiritual exercises. So some people will make an eight-day retreat or a five-day retreat or a three-day retreat. There is Ignatius himself came up with what's called the 19th annotation, which is instead of praying 
four to five prayer periods a day, you pray the four or five prayer periods in the course of a week while you're at home. Ignatius, all the way back in, in the 1500s, realized that not everyone has the privilege of being able to go off and pray for, for a month and, and, and leave the obligations of family uh, right. behind. And so the idea of meeting with a director once a month and directing someone through the spiritual exercises over the course of usually what amounts to be about 34 weeks, so almost a full year, to pray the spiritual exercises. Uh, there's adaptations of it. So folks who have been, uh, gone on a, a, a teen encounter Christ, uh, Curcio, uh, the Kairos retreats, those are all adaptations. And so what the, the, the brilliant spiritual folks who, who designed them, they basically took a week of the spiritual exercises and condensed it into a day. And so learning to follow Christ, seeing the sacrifice that's involved in following Christ, meeting the cross, and then living resurrected life. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's the sort of uh, gist of it. Ignatius has it all mapped out. And it's called the spiritual exercises because every day, uh, or throughout a retreat, however long it is, there are exercises to do, particularly around praying with Scripture. But again, this, this paying attention to what's the movement in your heart. Is it a movement to choose Christ? Is it, are you being led away from Christ and recognizing the tactics uh, of the evil one? And, and some of those tools become very helpful for discernment because Ignatius envisioned that the spiritual exercises would be used, as you said, before someone makes a life choice. And so he has very practical rules for discernment. Mm. Well, we want to get into those rules, of course. We want to uh, explore what some of those tools are that St. Ignatius has left us. Uh, If you have a decision that you are currently facing or that you have faced in the past, how did you go about or how do you go about discerning the Lord's voice, discerning the Lord's direction in your life or making those decisions? Give us a call. Join the conversation, 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. We're going to get into those tactics about decision-making and discernment, but first we're going to take a a little bit of a break. We'll be back right after this. We receive over a million prayer requests every year, thanks in part to the Catholic Order of Foresters studio line, helping us stay connected to your intentions. Learn how our sponsor can support your family with life insurance at relevantradio.com slash Forrester, an Illinois life insurance society not available in all states. Welcome back to The Inner Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley, in for Josh Raymond today. And we are talking about Ignatian spiritual exercises and discernment of spirits with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh. If you have some sort of decision that you are facing or have faced, a tough decision that you faced in the past, we'd love to hear your story. Give us a call, 888-914-9149, and join the conversation. So, Father, uh, you've told us a little bit about St. Ignatius himself, about uh, discernment of spirits, about consolation and desolation in the spiritual exercises. Let's tie that together with uh, just some of the questions that may be coming up, which are, um, what do you need to be going through a, a, the exercises themselves, properly speaking, in order to, to, to exercise some of these discernment of spirits, in order to uh, partake in consolation and desolation? That's a really great question, Patrick. Uh, no. <laughs> um, okay. Ig- what Ignatius would say, and, and, and spiritual directors who are trained in his way, is that at every point in our life, we're all somewhere in the spiritual exercises. And so when I'm directing someone on a three-day retreat or a five-day retreat, my job as the director is to figure out where they are 
in the life of Christ, where they are in the exercises. So someone who's struggling with sin and struggling with even the choice, am I going to repent of my sin, they're, they're in the first week, you know, as well as those who are attracted to Christ but not yet having made a choice. They're in the first week. Those who have made a choice, I'm going to follow Jesus, you know, uh, this coming Sunday, the, the scriptures, right? Know, know that the cross is there, but make the choice and follow him. Well, they're in the second week. Those who are in, in living a life of grace but experiencing suffering are somewhere in the third week. Those who are living a life of glory, which, praise God, you meet these people sometimes, they're, they're in the fourth week. Most people that I encounter are somewhere in the first and second week, um, and, 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 they're, and they're seeking to do that. Ignatius tells us in the exercises that we should never make a choice when we're in desolation. Now, the truth is, Patrick, if you and I look at our lives and most of our listeners, most of our choices, uh, or many of our choices, I should say, especially our bad choices, were made when we were in desolation. Desolation meaning I didn't feel the presence of God. I wasn't filled with hope. And, and sadly, that's oftentimes when marriages end, when people leave the religious life or the priesthood, when people walk away from the church. Right? And later, please God, they, make, they come to their sense and they say, wow, I really made a bad choice here. Maybe they can undo it, maybe they can't. But, but Ignatius begins his rules um, just with the idea excuse me, of, of laying out there that if you're someone who's going from, from serious sin to serious sin, um, you have to know that the consolation you feel isn't of God. <laughs> that, right. that you might feel good you know, with your partying, with your stealing, with your lying, because you desire a, a, a worldly pleasure, you know, and and and, and contrastly, those who are seeking to live a life of grace, when they do commit sin, their conscience is bothered, right? And and so this is a good thing. This is a good thing. So then Ignatius would say in, in, in the second rule, for, for those who are trying to remove sin, right? There's going to be a struggle. There's going to be. Uh, I'm going to just read the quote because it's great. Um, uh, Ignatius says, in persons who are, are, are going on intensely cleansing their sin and rising from good to better, isn't that a great line? Good to yeah. better, yeah. in service of the Lord, it is the method contrary to the first rule. That is to say, the evil spirit will bite and sadden and put obstacles, will mm. disquiet with false reasons that one may not go on. And so it's proper and good to beg for courage and strength, consolation, tears, inspiration, quiet, easing, and putting away all obstacles that you may go on doing well-doing, right? Ignatius is saying, so, so first, okay, yeah, if, if you're just trapped in sin, you're going to love it and you're going to feel it. And we see that all the time, right? But once you start making a move towards grace, know that the devil one's gonna, is going to attack, right? And, and so if you're moving away from sin, and so many of our listeners have been in that place where they're trying to live this life of grace, but all of a sudden, it seems like nothing's going right, because the evil one's attacking to get us to think, ah, see, you're living, you're living a good life now, right? Will you do it? And, and, and so there will be desolation. So just because I'm following God doesn't mean I'm always in consolation, and that's key. What is consolation? Consolation is when I, I feel the love of God, I feel the presence of Christ, that I'm more drawn to the things of God than the things of this world. Mm -hmm. Right, so so we—that's always our goal to be in consolation because it's there that we grow in faith, hope, and charity. But sometimes, conversely, we are in desolation, right? right? Where we feel that we're without love, or we're without hope. Sometimes people say, "Well, consolation or desolation is depression." Not exactly, right? Um, but but when we pay attention deep within our heart, there's a 
uh, not as attraction uh, as there would be. We don't feel the presence of God. And Ignatius says, well, why are you in desolation? Uh, maybe um, b- because of our, our laziness. We're not praying. We don't have good habits. We're not eating well. We're not sleeping well. We're not serving well. Uh, maybe because we're still immersing ourselves in, the, in worldly things. Uh, maybe we're in desolation because God is tempting us. Uh, we're allowing it to happen to see, will you love me even if you don't feel the consolation, mm. right? And so we, so we come through that. So the, the consolation and the desolation happen all sorts of times. When we're in desolation, we, we try to get back in consolation. When we're in consolation, we delight, but know that it might not last. Okay. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Lots of things that I want to ask you about, Father, but we've got a phone call. Brian has been patiently waiting from North Prairie, Wisconsin. Brian, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Um, I'll make a, a short story of a long one. Um, I was on my second uh, first transplant and had failed, and I was waiting for a second transplant. And I was told by my transplant facility that you know, I matched 1% of the population, so chances of me getting a deceased donor was like 1%, so it was impossible. Some places wouldn't even take me, so only one facility took me as a patient. And I had been through testing with my sister, and I rejected her because of all the cancer in my family. I had two brothers. My mom died of cancer, whole cancer history on my mom's side. And I said, not unless we get genetic testing with my sister, and it turns out she had stage 3 colon cancer, and she texted me. Instead of saving my life, I saved hers. And after that, I planned my funeral. I was ready to go. My daughter stepped forward and said she wanted I'm sorry. It's hard. She wanted to donate to me. And I didn't want to do it. I went to church. And I prayed to the Blessed Sacrament Chapel. And I clearly heard, go ask your father. Now, I never talked my health stuff to my dad because he'd lost his wife and two sons already. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, without hesitation, he said, God will take care of both of you. And I had my transplant, and she had genetic testing, and she had no cancer genes in her family. And that was a few years ago. Mm -hmm. But that was my discernment, was to ask God what to do. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think that... You know, certainly the the experience that you have there, Brian, is was was grace filled, and 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 hopefully your 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 health is, um, you know, improving and 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 it's coming along. Um, and I think in, you bring up a really good point, Brian, which is we don't discern once and done. As situations in life change, and circumstances of life change, as as yours did, we have to do a discernment each time. You know, and and being present to God, and 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 please God, being in a place where we are in consolation, and then saying, okay, let me discern here. So so even within marriage or religious life or the priesthood, the discernment isn't once and done. I'm here. Okay, now what? 
now what? Because different challenges come up in life, and and please God, you're you're in a place of consolation and 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 feeling the presence of God now um, as you make this journey. Yeah, thank you, Brian, for sharing that. That's obviously a, a very deep and meaningful story and, and uh, a wonderful wonderful thing that you've done just to call into the show today and share that with the rest of us as well. And, I mean, Father, Brian's got it right, though. I mean, right, we, we always want to submit these decisions first and foremost to our Lord, right? That's right. That's right. And and, and to, you know, people will say, you know, uh, oh, well, you know, I prayed about this. And in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking, look, I know myself. I can fool myself and say, you know, oh, I prayed about it, meaning I told God what I want to do, which is, of course, not the same thing. Right. Um, and so, you know, hopefully today in the, in the limited time we have, and not just on this radio show, but all the wonderful resources that are out there for, for Christians on, on how to make a proper discernment, how to bring choices before the Lord and discern or sift through them, so we know that which is is the best. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Absolutely. Brian, thank you. Thank you, and God bless you. We'll continue in our prayers uh, for you and for the, your daughter and for the whole of the situation, that uh, God may continue to bless you through this difficult decision that you had to make. But uh, what, a great, what a great showing of sacrifice there is there as well. Let's go from Brian to Kip, who's been been holding in Easton, Easton, Pennsylvania. Kip, welcome to the Inner Life. Thank you, Father. I have an unusual situation that who uh, was raised Catholic spent about ten years uh, making a living in Hollywood, TV and movies, things like that, and she fell away from the faith and became very secular. Um, and then she believes that she had an angel come and visit her in the middle of the night, woke her up, and told her that she needed to leave the Catholic Church and find Christ on her own. Since that time, she has just been on fire at uh, one of the mega churches that she lives close to, and, and she's... It's lovely to talk to her, and she's very spirit-filled and very loving and uh, all the things that I had hoped, but she has left the church and has nothing good to say uh, and teaches her children nothing good about the Catholic Church. Uh, She never uh, tested this revelation from the angel who visited her. I'm wondering if you have any words of advice for me as her father to help her Yes. Well, well, praise God for your honesty and your desire uh, to, to, to you know, be a great dad and a great Christian in, in, in leading her home. I, I feel in some ways like the, 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 the medical doctors who are, you know, on the news or on a radio show, like, you know, I, I can't give advice over the phone. Uh, I don't know the full, you know, impact of, of your daughter um, and, and the experience that she had, so I don't want to say that it, it wasn't a spirit of God, but... Um, I would say that the Spirit of God is certainly not going to lead someone away from his church, right? Um, that's not to say that there's there's not truth outside of the church. That's not to say that God doesn't work through others, but to take someone and have them leave the church and then actively sort of prevent others from coming to the church would, would not be um, a, a true a true spirit we might call a false spirit. And, and certainly the, the sad divisions that exist within Christianity, how to get to know her, 
uh, help her to recognize that. I, I'm, I'm not sure because I'm not sure she'd be open to that. Um, I think we want to delight in what God is doing, and hopefully there's a, a true openness, um, you know, to, to, to allowing God to lead her home, as God does with so many other people, uh, to bring them back, that that zeal that she has from that experience of the community where she's worshiping now, that she could bring that back um, in, into the Catholic Church. And so if a person is closed... There's not a lot we can do. God can do it, and so we certainly continue to pray for our children and, and loved ones who are away from the church. But um, just because someone says it's a, a, a godly spirit, we, we know that it's not always a godly spirit, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. The, the, the spirits of, of, of evil, um, the dark spirits, the, the false spirits, as Ignatius would say, are, are certainly active and busy, particularly in dividing the, the church. Yeah, thanks for your for, thanks for your phone call, Kip. And that is another situation that I know our listeners will uphold in prayer and uh, hopefully give you some wisdom as well. Uh, St. James tells us that if any of us lacks wisdom, that we should ask gener- to God who gives generously without finding fault, and, and he will bestow it upon us. So may, may we make that our prayer for Kip and the whole situation with his daughter. Father, it occurs to me that as I'm listening to Kip as well, you were talking about not making decisions where we're in a place of desolation or avoiding making decisions when we're in a place of desolation. And you mentioned things like this is when marriages fall apart, people leave the priesthood or the religious life and that sort of thing. But um, could it be that maybe there is a, some desolation going on in Kip's daughter's life, especially in relationship to the church when she made exactly. it? Exactly. It, uh, I, I should have brought that up. Thank you for, for pulling me back, Patrick. That oftentimes, you know, things are happening in our parishes which, which are disheartening, which are, which are sometimes sinful, right? And, and, and people are disgusted by it. Um, and so then there's this idea of oh let me let me go no I I I, yeah, I might need to step away from my parish and go to another parish because um, because again the goal is always I I need to get back into the state of grace right I, I need to be in a place where I'm aware of God's goodness and love where I can make a better decision and this is where good friends come into play um, good spiritual friends who who have this language who have this understanding who who we can partner with. Not everyone's going to be blessed to have a spiritual director. There's just not simply enough people who are trained, let alone priests who are trained. Um, but having good friends that we pray with, that we discuss with, that we, they're willing to say, you know, I, I sense that this is from God. And this is why it's important for us as, as, as Catholics to, to not only read the scriptures, but to read the lives of the saints. Because what God does in the lives of others, he may be doing in our life as well. Mm-hmm. And so if we, if we get to know the way that God works then I think we're more likely to be able to pay attention and say, okay, I remember God doing this in someone else's life. Um, You know, you hear these stories every now and then, oh, well, you know, I talk to God and he wants me to leave my wife and and, and family, you know, and and, and go be happy. Mm, I don't don't remember that happening much in Scripture, (laughs) you know. Yeah. Yeah, indeed. We're speaking with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, the pastor of St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia. We are talking today about Ignatian spiritual exercises, discernment of spirits, about consolation, desolation, and about making decisions. So if you have a decision that you're currently wrestling with or you have in the past and would like some spiritual counsel from Father Chris, we would love to hear from you. 888-914-9149. Again, 888-914-9149. Father, you mentioned a couple times now about obstacles, obstacles that pop up in our spiritual lives as we're seeking to make a a good decision or even place ourselves spiritually in a good position from which to make a decision. 
Um, could you enumerate um, what what types of obstacles do we face oftentimes, and, and what do we do with them? Great question, Patrick. Um, I, I think the greatest obstacle is that we just don't make the time to think this through with God, you know. Um, we often don't make the time to think it through, period. We, we're often rushed to make decisions. Um, you know, some friends right now who are in the process of buying homes, and, you know, this is a big decision, right? For most people, that's the biggest purchase they're ever going to make in their life. <clears throat> and And just because of the housing market, especially here in the Philadelphia area, you know, the realtors are saying, well, you know, you got to get, let me know in an hour. <laughs> Wait a second, you know, let's spend a couple hundred thousand dollars. I got to decide in an hour. Right. And, 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 and if a person hasn't discerned, right. And then of course you have to discern, is this the house, right? Not only am I going to buy a house, that's one discernment, which I have time to do, but then another discernment would be, okay, so am I being rushed into it? Um, I, I think sadly, some of us have gotten so used to living with anxiety that we don't recognize it as the obstacle we should recognize it as, you know, that um, op- anxiety just becomes a, a, such a commonplace thing in so many people's lives, whereas anxiety is often in the spiritual exercises seen as, well, that's not the presence of God, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the willingness to accept suffering, right, because God might be leading us in a way, the gospel this coming Sunday, Right, unless you take up your cross and follow me, you, you cannot be my disciple. And so, oftentimes, we're making decisions with a worldly standard, um, where well, it's going to make me feel good, it's going to make me feel comfortable, uh, it's going to give me pleasure, it might get me popularity, uh, it might give me more money, it might give me more power. Well, none of those are godly standards. So Ignatius has in the spiritual exercises these exercises of which kingdom do I want to be a part of. You know, so it, it, I can't say God is, you know, it's the prosperity gospel, right? We throw that around, the idea that, you know, oh, if God is blessing you, then you're going to have money. That, that's not consistent with the gospel of Jesus Christ, who says, come after me. You're not going to have anywhere to lay your head. Come after me. They're going to mock you and persecute you. And so we have to have that awareness of what a Christian life looks like and to know that, wow, if I discern this, as I sift this through, yeah, this choice means I'm going to have to work harder, or this choice means I might be lonely at times. That's part of the choice. Um, you know, or I'm going to remain in a marriage with someone who's not always kind to me, right? Or who has a mental health issues, or, you know, they're not going to work. Okay. <laughs> okay, yeah, that's part of the cross. Are you, are you ready to take that up? Are you ready? So, so those obstacles of what it means to follow Christ can often prevent us from making what is truly the, the godly decision. Wow. Yeah, very good. Father, it's just number of things again. Questions that that arise, and and as we're as we seek to make decisions, which we all do every day. But maybe maybe that's a good uh, follow up too. I mean, obviously we've talked about some of these big decisions that we face, and that are that are well worth discerning. But what what about small ones? You know, what should I have for lunch today, or even things related to our our spiritual life? Should I go to you know, the anticipatory Mass on Saturday evening or the Sunday morning Mass or something like that. Um, do we need to employ all these things for each of these even minor decisions? I don't know that we have to have a full process, but I think that we should be thoughtful about our decisions, particularly if they affect other people, hmm. you know. Um, and so, you know, certainly with food, we, we want to be healthy, right? I, I don't think that God cares that if we eat, you know, uh, you know Cheerios or, or Rice Krispies, um, 
but I think God does care if if we're eating, you know, a dozen donuts. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you know, um, I think there is value if if someone is engaging in fasting, right? Did did I really discern this? Right? Um, oh yeah, God wants me to do this because the Blessed Mother said at this apparition that I should fast on on Wednesdays and Fridays. However, I've got this health condition and that health condition, and when I fast, my family gets so frustrated. And one of the reasons my child doesn't go to church is because they think the church is nutty, because here my mother has these health issues, but she's still fasting two days a week, and it causes you know a rise in her you know potassium level or something. Well, well then, yeah. Did you really discern? Like, did you really weigh out the consequences? Not just because again, our faith is not just between God and I, but I'm part of a community. I'm part of a family, and and so and so. Where are my decisions? How do they influence someone else? I had a beautiful conversation with a gentleman yesterday here at my new parish, where um, he he had a pamphlet uh, on on modesty and dress um, that that really spoke to his heart as as a husband and father. And he said, Father, I'd like to make copies of this and leave it in the back of church, but I don't want to cause difficulty for other people or I don't want it to come off wrong. So could you read this over and give me your opinion? That's a man who's thinking, who's actually discerning. And he said, if you don't want me to do it, I'm not going to do it. Well, boy, that's music to a pastor's ears, you know. Um, and, and I am going to read it, and I am going to give give it time to think about it. But 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 that's someone who's discerning. You know, is this good for the whole community? Not just I'm going to feel good because I did it, <laughs> right? right? And, right. and so, so we have to wait. Does God care about our decisions? Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, you know, because our decisions have influence on ourselves and others. It's a great. It's a great reminder. It's a great, uh, great thing to keep in mind always as well. Especially if it does, if the decisions that we make are going to have an effect on on other people. Um, that seems to be what the Lord is calling us to, right? To love the Lord our God, love your neighbors yourself. And so uh, I think even minor decisions can be that way. But Father, what about when those decisions grow larger? At what point uh, would you recommend seeking out either the counsel of, of others? Maybe it's friends who are you know following the Lord and, and you know trying to help you to do the same. Or maybe it's even getting the point of... of considering getting a spiritual director or consulting a spiritual director how do you make those types of decisions great great question patrick i I think first off the spanish uh where for the the land from which ignatius comes have an expression uh, where they'll approach a priest and say father can i have a direction so they're not looking for ongoing spiritual direction but they have to make a choice in life and, and they trust the wisdom of the priest or maybe someone else that works in the church and they need a direction I think many of my brother priests, just being overwhelmed with pastoral life, are very hesitant to take on spiritual direction, but perhaps in confession or, look, can I have an appointment? I need a half hour of your time to talk things through. Mm-hmm. I, I think the first rule when we have to make a decision about marriage, about buying or selling a house, a career change, a ministry in a parish, give yourself a timeline. You know, mm-hmm. When do I have to make a decision by? Yeah. Some of us make decisions quickly, some of us make decisions very slowly, some of us never make a decision if we don't have to. And so give yourself a timeline. You know, I'm going to have a decision by September the 15th. I'm going to make a decision by October the 1st. And then figure out what your process is going to be. And again, there's many, many resources on the Internet, books that can be found to sort of help someone make a decision. Some of the basic ones, Patrick, they're going to sound very simple and somewhat secular, but Ignatius recommends them. Take out a piece of paper. For each option, write the positive and the negative. 
Yeah. Right. So you know, I've got an option to change a job. Here's the reasons for me to that are beneficial. Here are the reasons that are not. If I keep my own job, here's the benefits. Here's here's the consequences. Right. And I've got it all written, literally in black and white or blue and white. And then I I go to the presence of the Blessed Sacrament and I read that, and I pay attention to my heart. Am I being drawn one way or another? I might have to do it a second time. I might have to do it a third time. I might have to do it a fourth time until I'm really clear that this is what God is doing. And then I make that offering. I say, God, I I think that you want me to change my job for these reasons, and I'm offering that to you. I need you to confirm that, God. Right. In my experience, Patrick, all of a sudden someone at work is saying, hey, have you thought about applying for that other job? I think you'd be great at that. Okay, wow, that was a coincidence. <laughs> no, yeah. now a second person says it. Yeah, I think right. the, the other thing, after I do something similar where I, I really think things through, right, is if, if someone else was in the situation, what advice would I give them? Oh, yeah, yep, right. Right? Believing that God... Trust yourself. Like, God does bestow you with wisdom. So if someone else was trying to make this decision, what advice would you give them? Mm-hmm. And then third, find a trusted friend who's in the Lord, explain your options, and listen to them. Yeah. So I think one, two, or three, or all three, or the combination of the two, are often most helpful. And most people who go through those with a timeline, and they're acting in a state of grace— they're, it's going to be clear as to which which godly decision they're to make. Very good stuff with our spiritual director, Father Chris Walsh, here on The Inner Life as we're speaking about making decisions, discerning God's will, uh, specifically through the Ignatian spiritual exercises and discernment of spirits, of discerning consolation and desolation and that sort of thing. We're going to take a brief break, but we're going to be back on The Inner Life and more about decision-making right after this. Stay with us. Life here on Relevant Radio. My name is Patrick Conley. My thanks to Nick Sentovich, who is producing our show today, Thomas Angusser, who's on the phones. And if you, and to you for listening, and if you are listening just now and you haven't uh, caught all of the show, all this great advice about how to make a decision that's in accord with God's will for your life, you can always go to relevantradio.com or the Relevant Radio app and download the podcasted episode anytime after. It airs after it's airing right now. Our spiritual director today is Father Chris Walsh as we're speaking about discernment and making decisions and um, some great stuff that we've heard so far. But let's go back to the phones, Father. And uh, we've got Lucy, who's been patiently waiting from Sacramento, California. Lucy, welcome to the program. Hi. Hi. Thank you. Thank you so much. Um, Yes, my name is Lucy, and I wanted to share um, one of these couple of weeks I've been needing to make a decision um, I'm five months pregnant, and um, everything was going just great. And one of a sudden, they just tell me that um, on my 20-week um, checkup ultrasound, they tell me that my baby has a lot of complications, that he might not make it. Um, and they wanted me to terminate the pregnancy. Um, there's just so much going on with him. And um, I just... I just put it in God's hand, and I'm, I'm accepting His will, and I, I put it on, on His hands, and He's He's the only one that's gonna decide, what's really gonna happen to my baby. But I I was not willing to terminate this pregnancy, and they're pushing me, but um, I'm just pushing forward with my faith, 
and um, I baptized him already. Um, his name is Baby Moses, and um, I just wanted to share that, especially for all those women that, you know, are going through a similar situation. You know, we we don't decide, you know. It's really God's, God's decision, and I want to give my baby life, not death. But um, I ask for prayer. That's that's the only thing I'm doing right now, just fighting with prayer. I'm touching a lot of souls to pray for me, and I have a lot of people praying for me. And I just wanted to share that this morning and see if I can get some kind of feedback from you guys. You oh, know, praise God, praise God. I'm so sorry for this. I, I can't imagine the, the the heart of a mother. I've been uh, through this with so many people, so I know the heartache and and the fear and and and, and the worry. Uh, you bring up a great point that, you know, God is the giver of life. And as you were talking, I'm, I'm just thinking of a, a a couple I know. I had done their wedding, and they were coming, I thought, to talk about a baptism, but they were coming to plan their baby's funeral because the baby, they were told by the doctor that the baby was going to have all sorts of complications. Well, in the end, the baby, baby was born, and her name is Hope, and she's seven years old, and she's in, you know, second grade, I think, this year, and she's a real pip. You know, um, and when they went back to the doctor and said, "Why did you say that to us?" and they said, "Well, look, we we looked at the films. Like this, this is this was what we thought, but obviously you're a person of prayer, right?" So, so God has the funnel line, and we can all share stories like that. Sadly, sometimes it does lead to, to, to a child passing. You know, and 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 please God, they're a saint in the glory of heaven with God, and and they'll and they'll intercede for your family. But again, just that initial thing I said with discernment, we can never make the choice for evil. You know, choosing to take the life of an innocent child is, is never an option, right? And, 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 and is there a cross? Oh, I can't imagine it right now for you as a mom. Um, but, but what does Christ promise us? He's with us in the cross. He's with us in the cross. And so know that God is with you. So many listeners right now hearing you are just interceding with God for the healing of your baby and for your comfort and there'll be people in your life that you might continue to witness to the power of God. Lucy, if I may, I, I uh, just want to go go back to you for a moment. And what what has uh, what has sustained you? Are there any particular practices that you have engaged in in order to be uh, confident in in your in your decision to follow after the Lord and push forward with your faith? You know, um, it all started like this. When they told me about this, um, they make it, doctors make it seem like it's just going to be a regular procedure, and you know, you just have to come in and. They make it seem so simple, but I was like, no, 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 wait. So I just, I just grew this desperate anxiety inside me, and I just, I, I was like, I, I need to look for God. I grew up a Catholic, Roman, and yeah, my family and I, we go to church, but you know, um, I, I wasn't praying every night. I wasn't looking for God every night. But with this, my whole life has changed. You know, I went to look for for a lady that I know. She's, she's very. Um, her faith is very strong, and I went to her. She got a, a couple other ladies praying for me. From there, just something in my heart, just intuition told me, keep looking for people to pray for you. And right now, at this moment, I got people praying in Peru, New Mexico. Um, I got people praying in uh, Mexico, Jalisco specifically. I got people praying all over the world, and it's just something in my heart just telling me keep doing this keep doing this it's like baby moses already doing a miracle for me um and i'm positive and i know my baby's going to be fine and we're going to make testimony about this 
and, you know, doctors, uh, let me share with you, There's, they tell me there's um, water in his brain, kidneys are not functioning, both, therefore there's no amniotic fluid, and um, just he's, but his heartbeat, when you listen to his heartbeat, it's a strong heartbeat, 140 beats, it's, it's just a strong, healthy baby's heartbeat. Mm. And that's what's pushing me forward. Right. And I don't know, my faith is, is really strong. Good. And this morning, the intuition came, like, call the radio station. <laughs> well, I'm, so, glad, I'm glad you made that discernment as well, Lucy. I'm glad you did call in. And, and uh, I'm glad you also said that you have people praying for you all over the world, because certainly wherever there are relevant radio stations and listeners, you've got people praying for you now. I'm sure about that including uh, where people who are listening on the app, which could be anywhere, anywhere in the in the world today. So, so grateful, Lucy. And uh, yes, absolutely, people will be praying for you. I pray that uh, your community of faith there in Sacramento is one that's uh, really supportive of you in making your decisions and, and helping you on in that way. So thank you. Thank you, Lucy, for calling into the program. Father, we've only got a couple minutes left here, but uh, I did want to round out, you know, one of these things that a couple of our callers have talked about is is sensing or hearing the voice of God. How can we better hear the, or, or maybe sense the promptings of the Holy Spirit in our lives when it comes to making decisions? Great, great question. Uh, and you know, that, that's why regular reading of the scriptures, lives of the saints, a regular life of prayer, are also essentially important to us because that way we get to know what God sounds like, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, all of us have relatives and friends and, uh, and and dear ones who once they speak a word, we know it's them, and so we want the same familiarity uh, with with our good God. And so that's uh, I think it takes it takes time, it takes practice that 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 we might um, you know uh, you know. Be, be able to hear God, and, and, and that's, I believe, how it, how it works. So uh, listening to God becomes the, the, the way that we're able to do that. Yeah, yep, absolutely. Great, great advice. Well, Father, it's been a true delight to be with you here and all of your great words of encouragement and wisdom that you have passed on to us today. And I was just telling our producer, Nick, uh, over the break here, I'm actually heading into a three-day Ignatian retreat starting this evening, and ah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take all these things uh, with me as I go. So I'm grateful. Praise I God. personally am grateful for uh, you sharing your time with us here on The Inner Life today. But as, as you know, as always, as we near the end of the show, we always like to receive a blessing from our spiritual Indeed. director. So if you would, Father. Through the intercession of St. Ignatius, may God bless us all with a great spirit of consolation and the grace to discern well, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Father Chris Walsh has been our spiritual director today. He is out at St. Cecilia Church in Philadelphia. And we, as always, are grateful for you listening to the program today. May God bless you in all the decisions, the large ones, the small ones, the difficult ones that come your way. May he lead you and guide you through the power and guidance of his Holy Spirit and through the community of faith that surrounds you. I pray that the inner life has been a little bit of that encouragement for you today as you take that on into the decisions that you face. Coming up next, of course, the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass. Great opportunity to hear the word of the Lord and to contemplate his presence in your life. Grow deeper in love with him. Father Rich Geschel is our celebrant. That's coming up next. We'll see you again soon. God bless. God bless.